Welcome to Socially Responsible Business with host Sharon Schneider. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to succeed financially while using your business as a force for good and spend differently without spending more. Now, here is Sharon. Welcome to the very first episode of Socially Responsible Business. I'm your host, Sharon Schneider, an entrepreneur, social impact advisor, author, and speaker. And before I tell you about me, I wanted to talk about you and why uh, uh, you should listen to this show and what you'll get out of it. So the core belief behind Socially Responsible Business, this new show, is that you can actually be more successful more profitable, more influential, as well as happier and more personally fulfilled when you make choices that are not just good for you as the entrepreneur or the business owner, but good for your employees, your vendors, your customers, your community and the environment. So why is that idea unique or different? Well, it goes against the mainstream view that's so embedded into the American psyche that people will tell you it's un-American to believe anything else. (laughs) Un-American. And what is that mainstream view? It's called shareholder primacy. It's this idea that a business owes a responsibility to just one group, its owners, also called shareholders. And if this is true, if the only responsibility of a business is to make money for its shareholders, then maximizing profits at the expense of everyone and everything else is the singular, and even, some would argue, like Milton Friedman, maybe even the moral obligation of a company. You squeeze everyone else for the benefit of the company, and you siphon dollars away from the customers, but also the workers, the vendors, the environment, even the government, pushing all those dollars up, up, up the hierarchy until they get to the very top and you pass them to shareholders or owners, where we call them profits. But what if I told you that you could believe in capitalism, that you could be as American as apple pie without believing this outdated idea? What if I told you that a rising tide lifts all boats and you could be that rising tide? I'm here to tell you that I am a capitalist. (laughs) I believe in competition in a free market. I believe in rewarding risk-taking, innovation, entrepreneurship, and hard work. I want to win. But, and this is a very important but, not at your expense. I want to win, but not at your expense. I can share data and studies showing that socially responsible businesses perform just as well or even better than so-called traditional businesses. I can share research showing that consumer preferences are shifting and they are increasingly putting their money where their mouth is on supporting socially responsible companies, especially millennials, Gen Z. I'm a Gen Xer myself. I think we're, we're getting there, though possibly slower. So in fact, I'm going to put those kinds of papers and links on my website so you can reference them if you want to. If, if you need that kind of backup and proof and evidence, then it's there. It really is out there. But this show is really for those of you who know what I'm saying is true. You know it in your heart. You feel it. You try to live this way because you want to live in alignment with your own values. And you want that to extend to your business life as well. And so for you, maybe you need some fresh ideas or resources, but maybe you just need some inspiration to keep going seeing some 
people that are a little bit ahead of you on the path. That's how I always think of the best mentors for me are those that are like a year or two ahead of me. You know, they've figured some things out and um, they can give me fresh guidance about how they did it. Maybe you need some validation that your ideas are on the right track. You're not weird. You're not, you know, a communist. You're not um, a foolish or naive business person. You are doing the right thing and it will benefit your business. So here are some of the business benefits we're going to keep coming back to every week that arise from being a socially responsible company. So we'll talk about how it can increase your revenue, right? Increasing the lifetime value of your customers, loyal repeat customers are worth more. And the more you align with the values of your customers, the more loyal they become. You can upsell to increase revenue, right? So when you understand this important customer segment and what they want from you, it enables you to be a bigger share of wallet for them um, and sell additional products and services. You're also going to get the benefit of attracting earned media attention that gets new eyeballs, uh, new customers, and, and you know often brings unexpected opportunities and partnerships your way. Um, people might not cover your uh, business for having a sale, but uh, if it is related to a you know, community organization um, and holding a food drive in your parking lot, maybe that brings out the local news. So attracting earned media attention um, uh, that increases your revenue and your traffic. And, and frankly, it just helps you differentiate your offering from bigger, more established competitors. So if you have um, a social impact aspect to your business and that differentiates you from uh, the standard established big guys, then again, that, that helps you bring in um, new eyeballs and justify new price points. And we'll also talk about how to decrease expenses through your social impact and socially responsible uh, business. So for example, you decrease turnover by increasing your employee loyalty and engagement um, and get lots of examples of how that can play out. And that also helps you then decrease recruitment costs and lost labor. Um, you'll find that your loyal and engaged employees become the recruiters for you. You avoid costs down the line to clean up mistakes. This is what a lot of actually ESG uh, investing is about. It's sort of recognizing that short-term decisions that maximize profit but perhaps pollute the environment are going to be addressed by the government sooner or later. So you can keep ignoring it and have to clean it up later, or you can take the initiative now and avoid the cleanup and the PR issues uh, down the line. And finally, you, you reduce the need for paid advertising when you increase word of mouth. So we're going to talk about practical, simple ideas that you can actually implement in your business. And it's not about spending more money. Okay, sometimes it is about spending more money, but it's mostly about spending and thinking differently. And the idea is that maybe you spend a little more on this, but that overall it, it works out in the wash, right? So if you increase a little expense on this ingredient or on this employee benefit, but you decrease turnover costs and other forms of expenses, then ultimately you're gonna come out ahead. But it's not about spending more. It's about spending and thinking differently. And this is a mindset. It's a culture that you can build within your organization. 
You start simple and you keep making progress. Just tackle one thing, get it stabilized and standardized, and then another. And we're going to do that together with just simple ideas to keep making progress. I don't pretend that I'm perfect, that I've got it all worked out, that I know all the answers. I'm on this path with you. And I just commit to, you know, what they used to call continuous improvement. Just keep trying to get a little bit better all the time. And so if that sounds like a path you'd like to walk with me and with a community of others who feel the same way, then uh, set your alarm now for Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific when Socially Responsible Business streams live on voiceamerica.com on the business channel, or you'll be able to find all past episodes on your favorite streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and more. And you can send me questions, favorite resources that this community should know about, or your ideas for guests, show topics, and more at Sharon at theintegratedlife.com. So at this point, you might be wondering, why should you listen to me? What experience do I have that makes me the right person to host this show? Well, I was born in Ohio. No, I'm just kidding. I won't, I won't go back that far. But I will tell you that I started my career in philanthropy, not making money, but giving it away. Uh, and I spent a number of years working with various private foundations, the Pew Trust, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and lots of small foundations started by entrepreneurs who uh, either still had or had sold a business, um, put a few million dollars into a family foundation to kickstart their philanthropy. You may know that grantmakers have to give away 5% of their assets each year, and that's the part I worked on. I got really good at being creative and innovative with grant making, and I learned a ton from those entrepreneurs, and I loved it. But at some point, I started to pay more attention to the quarterly financial reports and the investment statements, and I started to wonder, we're doing great things with the 5%, but what's going on with that 95%? If we're grant making around environmental causes, why are we invested in big oil? And so... Lots of people started asking that same question, and it became the field of impact investing, where you try to align your investment strategy with the same values that you express through your grant making. And then after a few more years, I started to say, well, wait a minute, how did you make this money? Because I realized that many of the entrepreneurs were actually creating problems with their business and then using a tiny portion of the profits to get back. So I ended up leaving to start my own social enterprise, an online platform for gently used baby kids and maternity clothes called Moxygene. We went through a prestigious tech accelerator now called Techstars Chicago, raised some venture capital, scaled to a few dozen employees and a few million in revenue and sold it to a competitor. So one day I'll tell you the story of Moxygene. But when we sold it, I didn't want to go back to traditional grant making. I had all these new skills as an entrepreneur. I wanted to combine it all to work on making positive contributions and changing society, you know, with all the tools in the toolbox. And I was recruited um, to support members of the Walton family in their individual impact work. Uh, and so I came in and started thinking about structures and principles and, you know, operationalizing impact across a portfolio that included grant making, investing, business operations, and, you know, even household and sort of personal life. And I left there in 2021 and started another company, my current firm, Integrated Capital Strategies, that does this 
for founders and family offices around the country. So we sort of serve as an outsourced chief impact officer to people who want to live their values in every aspect of their lives, not just their philanthropic donations, but in the way they conduct their everyday business and personal lives. And then I turned that lens on myself. I'd always been donating to charity, probably like many of you in that 5% range, but what about my 95%? And then what about the rest of my life? How was that aligned? Things like my food choices, my clothing choices, my personal investments and entertainment and celebrations. And I realized just like those foundations and their investments, my 95% was not very aligned with the values I was expressing in my five. And so I started working on it, bringing it more into alignment. Last year, I published my first book, helping individuals, uh, who want to do the same thing in their personal lives. It's called Handbook for an Integrated Life, a practical guide to aligning your everyday choices with your internal compass. And that's it. That's what I'm about. The integrated life. One where your work, your personal life, your money, it's all working according to a common set of principles. My life's purpose, my ikigai, is to help people like you, business owners, managers, and decision makers who want to live a more integrated life to just keep doing the next right thing. So you can learn more about that and where to buy a copy at theintegratedlife.com, where we'll also have show recaps and resources so you can follow up on the ideas you hear about on the show. And each show will highlight a next right thing, a simple, tangible, and practical step that brings you closer to your business and personal goals. All right, you're listening to Socially Responsible Business. I'm your host, Sharon Schneider. When we come back, I'm excited to introduce you to an entrepreneurial couple who has been an inspiration and role model for the hospitality industry. And you'll hear about how they have integrated soul, community, and planet into the very fabric of their successful business. Stay tuned. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you're a business owner who wants to use the power of free enterprise to not just help yourself and your own family, but your employees, your community, and the world at large, then tune in to Socially Responsible Business. Host Sharon Schneider, a serial entrepreneur and impact advisor to some of the world's most prominent families, will help you uncover all the ways you can succeed financially while using your business as a force for good. Every show will include practical ideas and tools that you can implement right away. And it's not about spending more money. It's about thinking and spending differently. Socially Responsible Business, hosted by Sharon Schneider. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Socially Responsible Business with Sharon Schneider. Have a question for Sharon or her guests? Email her at Sharon at theintegratedlife.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, and thanks for being with us today for our first show talking about socially responsible business. I'm incredibly excited to introduce my very first guests, the beautiful souls behind the hospitality brand Soul Community Planet or SCP for short. After decades in the hospitality industry, Ken and Pam Cruz founded SCP on the core values of wellness, soul, 
kindness, community, and sustainability, planet. SCP provides handcrafted venues comprising hotels, co-working, restaurants, and fitness. On the company homepage, it says, for those who believe in the power of healthy living, kindness toward others, and compassion for the planet, welcome to SCP. Ken and Pam, welcome to Socially Responsible Business. Oh, thank you. I wanted to have you as my first guests because you have such a holistic approach to your company and being socially responsible. And we'll get to what holistic hospitality means and how that looks in your daily operations. But I want to start by asking about you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your professional and personal journey to found Soul Community Planet? Absolutely. And again, thank you for having us on your first show. It's such an honor to be here. And um, we have a world of respect for you and what you're doing. And I do hope your listeners get some take-home value from today's conversation. So I, I guess I'll start. Pam and I talked about this a little bit. We're going to make sure we we uh, divvy up the time here during the call. But um, let me start because our path is um, very much intertwined uh, together. And it's a long one. Um, I started working in hotels directly out of undergrad and um, learned very quickly that it takes a very special person to work in a hotel and be a guest-facing, hospitality-minded individual. And I, to this day, have a world of respect for folks who are really good at working in a hotel and interacting with guests. And I'm not one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) That surprises me, actually, but okay. (laughs) Um, and because of that, I, we ended up, um, I ended up going to graduate school to learn more about business and, um, and the like, and that's where I met Pam. Uh, I think we met the first day at graduate school. Um, and during that, we studied similar courses. We both ended up working together at Merit International, which is such an amazing company and just populated with some incredible folks. And the history there, obviously, is just um, iconic within our, within our industry. Um, from there, I went to host hotels, which is more the real estate side of the business. And then from host went to Sunstone Hotel, which is another real estate investing company. And I was fortunate to be able to run asset management and then be their CFO and then be president and CEO. And every step of the way, I've looked at this as a really great learning experience for for myself and just gaining exposure to amazing talent and how things are done well in our industry. And there are a lot of things that are done very well in our industry. And also along the way, Pam and I have picked up um, cues and, and information on areas where there's potential room for improvement with our, within our industry. Um, Pam, why don't you spend a minute too talking about how we sat down in 2018 and, and put our heads together and came up with the, 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 the nucleus that ultimately became Soul Community Planet. Yeah, thank you. Um, at that point in time, we were really focused on, you know, what's next and how can we apply our core values of our own lives, um, similar to your book, Sharon, and, and not have this work life separate from um, personal life. Um, so we sat down and looked at what could we do within the hospitality world, and we'll, we'll continue to talk about that. We looked at our experience. Um, as Ken said, I worked at Marriott as well. I had a great experience there working in marketing. So I come from the marketing background, um, married with Ken's financial background. It was a good um, kind of yin and yang. Um, and we looked at what the market needs and, you know, what we love to do. And Sharon, you talk about the ikigai and and this is our ikigai. Amazing. And so what's the current status now? Can you give us some numbers to understand your scope and scale? Absolutely. Yeah. So Real quickly, um, just to maybe summarize what Soul Community Planet is, I think you did a really good job of it at the beginning. It's been a passion project for us since about 2018 when we 
created this business. And one aspect of it too, is that we have four daughters. And so the idea of creating something that is part of our family, that the daughters can be inspired by, and we can sort of lead by example for them was another big motivator in this whole process. And they've certainly become a part of the business. Um, just to summarize Soul Community Planet again, we exist to make the world around us a better place. That's a concept that doesn't necessarily um, sit within a lot of traditional capitalistic companies. And yet we believe we can be very successful as a capitalistic company while being conscious at the same time. And others have proven it before us. We're not uh, unique in that regard. Patagonia is a really inspirational story, for example, but there are many, many others. Um, we brand manage and own a growing portfolio of hotels. And today, is, uh, um, as you asked, we have 10 hotels. So it's still tiny, right? There are hundreds of thousands of hotels in the world. There are 170 different brands that are recognized in the United States. So we're a tiny little player, a niche player within a very large industry, but with the potential to be a significant disruptor and frankly, to inspire others who exist in our industry and are much more mature uh, to do things a little bit differently. Um, and that's, we've had a lot of fun proving these innovations that don't, um, don't necessarily um, hadn't been adopted previously in our industry. And, and we've sort of proven that we can do things that uh, are um, against the norm. So 10 hotels, the markets that we exist in are Colorado, or the Pacific Northwest, Northern California, coastal, Southern California on the coast, Hawaii and Costa Rica are the current markets. And um, everything that I just said is accurate in terms of this being a passionate passion project, but we're through what we call our proof of concept phase for the business. And we are now prepared to do some fairly significant scaling. So we're going to do it in the right way, in a thoughtful way. We're never going to be a you know 20,000 hotel business. I don't, I don't think that's certainly not one of our objectives, um, but scale is important in our business. So we'll, we'll see some additional hotels added to our portfolio over the course of the next, uh, next year and beyond. And your very first hotel is right down the street from me. I've stayed there actually in Colorado Springs. And I also got to visit your property when I was in Hilo in 2021. And um, so that was uh, really a a joy and a beautiful location. Um, And it's a a beautiful space. So make sure that you guys check out um, pictures um, and uh, visit these hotels if you get the chance. Um, So what was the key insight about the industry. You know, you mentioned that there were things that you saw that you thought could be improved. So what was it that kind of struck you like, ooh, this is an opportunity for us to do something different and became the core of what you call holistic hospitality? Mm-hmm. Why don't you take that? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of companies at that time, and obviously now we're focused on sustainability, which is a core pillar of ours, super important. And we value that, of course, but there was nobody that was taking all of it together. Meaning when you look at wellness and um, the Global Wellness Institute defines wellness as um, the multidimensional, including physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and environmental. And when one of those is out of balance, you can't truly be well. And when we looked at it, this is pre-pandemic, we looked quite frankly, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's that old school saying, you got to put your oxygen mask on first. And so when we looked at the industry, um, we knew that we could help guests and people when they're away from home, put that oxygen mask on, take care of themselves in multiple different ways, whatever that is that resonates with them, as well as have a connection to community, whether that be the local community and the global community, and also a connection to Mother Earth. And so 
Hence, Soul Community Planet was formed, not just based on planet, but having the three pillars is key and was lacking in the industry, quite frankly. Yeah. And did you worry? I mean, Ken, we've talked about, as I as I sort of mentioned in the opening segment, that this is like standard business practice, you know, savvy, smart people, maximize profit, right? It's all about us. Did, did you feel like it was going to be hard to, you know, establish yourselves as sort of a credible business um, when you were getting started amidst that sort of standard way of thinking? I love this question. And it, <laughs> and it really speaks to sort of how traditional businesses are run. And, and again, we come from the public company world, MBAs, we kind of think of these things yeah, yeah. from this traditional business standpoint. And part of what it is, and this also goes back to this idea of putting good out there with no expectation of immediate returns. Um, it's a, a, a divorcing ourselves from this idea of a one-dot mentality or a two-dot mentality where we're going to do something and we're, that's going to immediately show up in the numbers next quarter, right? We don't think in those terms. We think more in terms of, okay, we're going to build these lasting, authentic relationships with our guests. Um, the guests themselves are going to become advocates and they're going to tell their friends and slowly over the course of the time, our business will achieve a great deal of depth and authenticity in terms of the relationships that matter and that ultimately drive long-term profitability. And we can get into all sorts of metrics that we follow for that and engage for that. But one of the things that we don't spend a whole lot of time on is, okay, we bought this hotel, it was generating 100, we need to be generating 120 next month. Um, typically it goes the other direction when we start our business um, uh, or, or when we step into a hotel because instituting the, the programs, the policies, the culture, the core elements, all those things that constitute our brand, it costs money, it takes time, and it does result in some inefficiencies in the properties. And so we think of it's, this is a very long game and we're focused on the value creation over the long term rather than just the short term numbers. I like to think of that. Maybe that's like a J curve, right? As they say. So there's like a dip in the beginning, but the belief and the and the right. confidence is that it will, in the end, um, uh, go back in the right direction and even exceed. So um, I think that's important to be realistic, but also exactly take the long view. I love that. So um, uh, why don't you give us a couple of examples of some of the sustainability or other initiatives, just so people can get a flavor for um, the things that would feel different when they walk into a Soul Community Planet property. Wonderful. I think, um, Pam, do you want to take a few of those? Pam is our head of ABC Awareness Brand and Culture, and she does such a great job with the um, elements and the guest experience. But if, if before you jump in, I'll just mm -hmm. say something in acknowledgement of what Sharon just said. What you said, you feel different when you walk into one of our hotels. That's exactly how we describe it. You don't see a big flag that says SCP. You don't see our, you know, Bill Marriott's picture behind the front desk or anything like that. Nothing wrong with that. But you feel different. It's it, it's just the vibe is different. And, and that's, a, that's a key intangible that we seek to achieve. When you walk into an SCP hotel, every one of them is a recycled property, if you will, Sharon. So we haven't started with new builds, not to say that we would never do a new build. So there's a character about it. Um, there are core elements that come through. And, and I'd like to give one example is these mindful uh, quotes on the walls. And uh, just like with any communication, sometimes it takes, you know, seven points of communication to reach a consumer um, in marketing, we know. Um, that may not resonate with the first guest, but 
when it does resonate, that's such an awe. Ah, it's just that um, inhale, exhale, you've arrived. This is what we like to say upon arrival in an SCP. Um, the Maya Angelou quote that talks about um, it's not what somebody did for you, but how they made you feel. That's how you'll remember it. And that's the intention of arrival at an SCP hotel. The other um, thing you see when you arrive, I think, is a chalkboard right behind Mm-hmm. check in that sh- talks about your uh, contributions to the community. Yeah. Say a word about that. Great. Yes. We like to talk about our three pillars. We have um, um, give backs, if you will, but it's called every state does good and every state does good um, does give back every time. So we don't have a loyalty program. This is our loyalty by choosing to stay at an SCP hotel. Um, we give back and support adolescents and, and their mental health. And that's with the we Wellbeing initiative. Um, we also have a community pillar where we've supported Miracles for Kids and are continuing on with that. But we're also supporting Inoceana, which is out of Costa Rica, and we're helping um, restore the corals, um, study whale bioacoustics, and help a local community there um, in clearing up you know, what is a lot of trash that comes off of big shipping containers, unfortunately, and arrives in the beaches of Costa Rica And we also have One Tree Planet, and we align ourselves with all these professional organizations who go and do this really important work. Um, And just by being a guest at SCP, a guest is therefore giving back and contributing to all of those pillars. We'll take a break and come back and hear more about that. So you're listening to Socially Responsible Business. I'm your host, Sharon Schneider, and we're talking with Ken and Pam Cruz, founders of Soul Community Planet, about holistic hospitality. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Socially Responsible Business with Sharon Schneider. Have a question for Sharon or her guests? Email her at Sharon at TheIntegratedLife.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Ken and Pam Cruz, the founders of Soul Community Planet and pioneers of holistic hospitality. So I want to shift gears a bit and talk more about specifics and some of the hard choices that you've had to make uh, as entrepreneurs and and business owners. And maybe you can start by um, talking a little bit about sustainability. Sustainability is a big focus for you. So what what are you doing that is showing leadership compared to the rest of the industry? And how do you think about those choices in terms of cost benefits? Sure. I'll, I'll start with that one. 
Um, sustainability is a huge focus of ours. And just like Pam was talking about how our customer relationship is based on the, this authentic shared value system that's sort of we're all one community and it seems to work quite well, especially over the long term in building those relationships. The same thing goes, um, the, the concept of, of authenticity also underpins our efforts around healthy, kind and green and green being sustainability. Um, there's a huge movement, as we all know, in the world, and the U.S. is sort of a laggard in this regard, but there's a big focus on it as well around ESG and, uh, you know, environmental, social and, and governance metrics that a lot of businesses have stepped up to. And I think in general, that's a really good thing. Like whether the motivation is to get a good scorecard that you can show your investors or that you're truly focused on making a small benefit, uh, beneficial change to the world, all good. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with with the idea of this this concept of ESG. Um, a normal, um, I think, backlash has occurred, though, to be expected, where a lot of people are getting accused of greenwashing or not doing things um, that they're saying they're doing, or kind of waving a green flag when they're really not that green of a business. And that's that's actually very healthy too. You know, we want to make sure businesses are kept accountable. We kind of went into this. We didn't even think about ESG when we formed our business. We thought about let's create a business around our value system. Um, but let's do it in the, in the right way. And um, one of the things we'll talk about a lot as a business is this idea of scale, right? We talk about in business, scale is really important. We've got to have something that's scalable. Absolutely, that's true. But scaling, just like within an ecosystem in nature, happens after you have a very specialized skill set. And so our specialized skill set happens to be related to healthy, kind, and green values. Sustainability is a big piece of that. And so doing it right, going above and beyond on sustainability has been a core focus of ours from day one. And that doesn't mean that we've done everything perfectly or even done everything that we can do today. Um, some of the areas that we um, um, mandate within our hotels are, are, you know, we do solar wherever it's possible. And we've got it in some places that are pretty rainy. And Hilo, Hawaii is a great example. We have a huge solar array, the rainiest city on, yeah, on the planet, yeah. and, and it still pencils out. Um, we do, um, we have a zero net waste program within our company. And that's, and, and we announced that a couple of years ago. We led with our chin, as they like to say. And it's an important way to hold ourselves accountable. We put out a release saying, hey guys, we're going to be zero net waste. And the way we do zero net waste is across the US, the average uh, hotel stay generates about 2.2 pounds of, of waste, of incremental waste from guest staying in hotels. A lot of it's through this easy stuff to fix, whether it's, um, uh, the obviously the throwaway plastics that are um, still still ubiquitous within our industry. Um, the fact that so much stuff is packaged that doesn't need to be packaged, largely because the mindset is, well, I'm going to push this button on my procurement engine and order it from you know order the bottled water from upstate New York to ship to Hilo, Hawaii, mm. <laughs> where we have all this amazing volcano filtered fresh water right at our you know right at our property. Um, so making these conscious decisions across the board to figure out better business practices, food waste is a huge piece of it, right? Food waste, about 40% of um, the waste that comes out of a hotel is some form of food waste. And so um, we're super proud of our Terra Kitchen concept up in Redmond, which is going to pervade our, our portfolio in general, where we work with local farms. And we have a full cycle food program where we, we, we use um, seasonal, minimally processed products from from our local farms we try to use the entire product 
Um, and anything that's left over, and there's very little that's left over, typically goes back to those farms in the form of compost, and then they it goes full cycle. And it's such an, an easily understood story. Um, um, guests love it. Our team loves it because we know we're doing the right things with this. And even if it's just a micro impact, it's that inspirational micro impact that shows others that they can do the same types of things. It doesn't cost a whole lot more money. It does require a little bit of foresight and thought, but the end result is is um, measurable. And we do measure it. And last year, we were um, um, net negative carbon emissions from our efforts, whether it was through the reduction. And reduction is the biggest and most important thing that we can do. It's not a recycling thing. That really doesn't work very well. Um, it's really figure out how do we reduce the waste within our properties. And and um, um, to make us... Um, um, I think to, to help us to achieve um, industry, you know, um, standards and exceed industry standards in, in what we do, we work with a group called EarthCheck that is um, uh, really rigorous. And they come through and they they have people come to our hotels, um, examine what we're doing and offer up better practices as well. So that um, when we say we've achieved X, Y, Z at our at our hotels, EarthCheck checks our math and certifies that, that, uh, that we have, in fact, achieved those sustainable measures. Which is... Uh, fantastic because, as you said, it sort of offsets the greenwashing concern, right? Those third-party certifications, um, and I love the the composting example, which um, is something we can all kind of do in our own lives, right? Yeah. And, and the focus on reduce, you know, we say reduce, reuse, recycle, but we mostly implement recycle, and yeah. the reality is reduce is first. Because it's the most important one. It's the thing we can do that is the most important is to not consume those resources in the first place. So I, re- I really love that. Yeah. You mentioned that your employees um, also love these initiatives. So let's talk a little bit about your employees. What do you hear from them about their jobs, why it's different to work at SCP rather than a Marriott or a Hilton property? Yeah, I'll start with that. I want to hand that over to Pam because she's really good with this. Culture is incredibly important to our business. And, you know, having been in a lot of different big traditional businesses, um, I'm confident that we spend an inordinate amount and an appropriate (laughs) amount of time on culture. That's not, well, um, I don't think that's replicated yet in in our world, but hopefully it will. Hotel industry in general is high turnover business. It's a service industry. It's difficult. You work Christmas, you work, you know, holidays, you you're you're there long hours and 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 frankly, we don't have the best pay structure of um of, of other industries. And so um we've really focused on that and come try to come up with ways to make our um the the time you spend at your job with SCP um just like with our guests as a continuation of the personal journey that you're on as an individual. So we think of everybody who we're involved with, whether they're an employee or a guest or a stakeholder in any, any way as the hero of his or her own journey. And so we try to think about, okay, what can we do to make that individual stay with us uh, as a team member better? Um, we do this through um, some of the culture practice in particular that we do every week, which I'll have Pam talk about, but we've also got some really interesting programs that, um, that further enhance the the whole employee experience to make it something very different from just a paycheck. We all need a paycheck and we don't mean to minimize that aspect of, of our business. But if people are just coming to our hotels because they're getting a paycheck to work in our hotels because they're getting a paycheck, that is, um, they're probably there for the wrong reason. Just as if our guests are just coming to our hotels because we have the lowest price or we have an attractive you know offer, 
Um, we'll welcome them, of course, but they're they're not likely to be an on-brand, you know, long-term loyal um, relationship for us. So, Pam, maybe spend spend a little time on your. Um... Great, yeah. I I think for anybody, both a team member or as Ken mentioned, a guest, our core values are what we lead with and what is attractive to most. Um, the team members that come in are attracted to that culture, a culture that we cultivate every week. And um, as Ken noted, we we have a meeting every every week. We're a virtual company, but we we meet with the properties, the general managers, and then the next day they go out and they meet with their teams and they have their moments of, and it's a practice, right? It's just like other things. It's not set in stone. There are concepts that we talk about, and then we carry that forth. They carry out those examples on property, and something new comes about, and we talk about it 16 weeks later, the same concept we, we revisit, and it's totally different. There's a new case study that we can talk about. There's a new way to talk about it. There's a lot of psychology in it. The beautiful part of holistic hospitality is that um, it is about psychology, and hospitality was founded on that, but there's so much more to it. So when we welcome a guest mem- guest into our doors, when we welcome a new team member, they're on this journey with us, um, and they, in turn, are more inspired to deliver on a beautiful guest experience that conveys all the values that we all agree on together, right? Um, so as Ken noted, if somebody's there for the wrong reason, it's, it's kind of obvious, and it, it works its way out of the system. Um, this also leads to guest loyalty because the, we've created these great experiences that our team members have, which ultimately is our goal is brand advocacy. And brand advocacy allows us to ultimately make the world a better place and give back and, and continue our Every State Does Good program. And so as you, um, do you see that loyalty and the kind of uh, employee engagement translate to lower turnover in an industry that's notorious for like huge uh, turnover rates like hospitality, does that affect your bottom line and your costs around um, turnover and replacing employees? Um, I can take that one because that's one of our KPIs. That's one of our key metrics that we track. And as I mentioned, our industry approaches 100% turnover. Um, Two years ago, we were at 75%. We're approaching 50% turnover now. And in some cases, you've got seasonal employees that, that ebb and flow, you know, with the businesses. And so, um, our goal, though, is to be well inside of 50% turnover um, as, an, as an organization. Another thing that, Pam, I don't know if you mentioned, but that we have things like a sabbatical program that, um, you know, there's pros and cons to the sabbatical, but it, it certainly underscores what we stand for and how important our, uh, our team is. And so we've got folks who, once you've been here for a number of years, you are encouraged to leave for six weeks and go on a program. Um, up to up to six weeks, go on a program where you um, are living the values of SCP. People write a paper about it. They um, do a presentation to the to the team on um, what they did over the course of their sabbatical. But they it's self directed, and um, they get to do that that on their own. That's something that's somewhat unique, and especially in an industry like ours. I think obviously sabbaticals exist in other other um, other areas, but um, we're happy to bring that to our um, our industry. I'm not saying that we're perfect in any regard in terms of associate uh, attraction, inspiration, and retention, but it is unquestionably a core factor in the overall long-term success of our business, and we're heavily focused on that. And it, and it feels like that's one of those trade-off kind of situations where undoubtedly letting people take sabbatical costs you something. It costs you productivity. It costs you, you know, maybe needing to replace that capacity. But then in the long term, somebody who gets a six-week sabbatical to refresh, recharge, you know, pays that back 
you know, at least that's the theory, right? In loyalty, long-term, um, you know, b- being a brand advocate, as you mentioned. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, again, there's short-term costs to these things. We don't want to pretend like there's never a cost associated with it, but reducing turnover from 100% to 50% has got to have real financial uh, impacts in a positive way. Oh, absolutely. It's thousands of dollars to recruit and and train and bring on a new team member. Um, We think of our team just the way that we think about our guests, and we are all just one big community. And with our guests, it costs us a lot of money to to attract and and get one guest. If that's a one and done, it's usually a non-profitable relationship versus if it's a long-term guest that tells 20 of their friends and creates this virtuous um, um, advocacy for the brand. And that's a wonderful thing. So both, both groups kind of function in the same way. Right. You're listening to Socially Responsible Business. I'm your host, Sharon Schneider, and we're talking with Ken and Pram Cruz, founders of Soul Community Planet, about holistic hospitality. We'll be right back. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Socially Responsible Business with Sharon Schneider. Have a question for Sharon or her guests? Email her at Sharon at theintegratedlife.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm here with Ken and Pam Cruz, the founders of Soul Community Planet. And we are talking about sort of the the realistic, tough choices it takes to implement social responsibility within a business and still be successful. And so I want to talk about that success for just a minute here. So ultimately, the basic premise of this show is that social impact makes you more financially successful than your peer companies that don't operate in this way. Can you share any financial metrics that outperform your peers? We sure can. <laughs> and as we mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, this is we look at this as a very long-term gain. And we're sort of building a very strong foundation by doing things correctly up front. And that means that we're having to dig, you know, dig below the surface a little bit in order to build that foundation up over time. Um, we've been around though since 2018. So we do have several hotels that have now achieved sort of this repositioning um, ramp up and now are starting to build their own relationships with um, with customers in a, a very positive way. So a few of the key metrics that we track for our business, um, number one is guest satisfaction. Are we really producing advocates? We, we think of that as the kind of the, the main product that we're generating as an organization, going back to the MBA terms, where when a guest leaves our hotel and they're ecstatic and they tell five of their friends, wonderful, that's a success story. Um, and so we've got all sorts of different me- uh, measures in place to help to ensure that guests leave our hotels happy. 
Do they all leave our hotels happy? Of course not. And that happens in every business across the board, but maniacal focus around guest satisfaction. Um, and net promoter scores, hopefully people are familiar with that concept, but it's generally a measure generated, uh, developed by Bain um, several decades ago that um, would indicate, are these people inclined to say good things about your business? Are they just going to be silent about it? Or are they going to go and say negative things about your business? If you think about how the world has evolved over the last several decades, there's been this huge democratization of the consumer. What our guests say or what third parties say about who we are and what we do and what their experiences were matters so much more than what we say. So that's a critical metric. We as an organization have improved nicely over the last couple of years. Uh, we've had a 14% year-over-year improvement on net promoter scores. As a company, we're at 45.1% NPS. Um, that compares to a few of our industry peers. I won't name their names, but the big players are sort of at 20, 21, and maybe um, 29 wow. <laughs> as we're NPS metrics. Those are really good scores, by the way. Anything above zero is generally considered you have um, a positive relationship with your guests. And then up above 35 is very good. And ultimately, our stated goal is to be above 75. And we are above 75 with several of our hotels already. Um, the next um, the next key metric for us is the um, direct bookings. So if you think about our business, we have a very, very costly distribution model. It costs us, we, we estimate around $35 per new guest. Every time we acquire a new guest, it's costing roughly $35. Um, much of that expense is incurred in things like online travel agencies, which cost a lot. It's a 15 to 22% load on those on, on on that average daily rate uh, to use those systems. There's certainly a time and a place for um, 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 on online travel agencies, but our goal is to quickly win over the hearts and minds of our guests and bring them over as some long-term direct bookings across the board. As a portfolio, we're over 62% direct bookings, which is as strong as most of the major brand families that are out there. Uh, we have certain properties uh, that are above 80%. Directly. So you're saying that when I book with you directly, you get 20 to 30% more revenue than mm -hmm. if I book the same hotel room through a platform. Absolutely. We're paying the commissions to these, these third parties in order to use those platforms. And so that's the first, I would say, next right thing that all of us can do, which is try to book directly yes. with the small businesses that uh, are paying huge fees to um, these kinds of national platforms. I mean, we already know the same is true for like Grubhub and, you know, lots of uh, like the flower people, right? That you're, right. you're paying a huge commission. And if you deal directly with those small businesses, it is a that's a that's that's margin. That's that's an entire margin for a lot of businesses. So Absolutely. that's um, that's a great next right thing. What other sort of simple actions or um, you know ideas would you give to listeners of this show about the next right thing that they can implement? Right. Okay. As consumers, I love where you took that. Have you ever asked an Uber driver what they get paid? Because you know what you're paying. I don't take Uber. It, I take Lyft for yeah, that only, reason. That's part of yeah. why. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's part of the reason why. But yeah. it's uh, it's it's really yeah. depressing. <laughs> it really so, is. Um, in terms of the of our business and our industry, though, it's that direct booking for sure. And then number two, if you have a um, an an experience on your property that isn't to your um, doesn't meet your expectations, say something about it. Bring it up. Um, we actually have a program in our in our program in our 
company. It's a four-step process. Every associate is responsible for identifying and rectifying issues before they arise. The next one is every associate, whether you're in the accounting department or the, the, the kitchen or wherever, if you encounter a guest, ask them, is there anything we can do to make your stay better? And then if the response is something that we can act on, usually it's something, wow, I can't believe you asked me that. That's wonderful. And it creates a positive relationship just, just through that question. But if they say something that needs to be corrected, um, our responsibility is to correct it while they're on property. Um, we also have something called fair trade pricing where the, the, the guests themselves determine the price they pay based on the quality of their experience from their own perception. We put the control and, and sort of the, the, the um, leverage on the, on the consumer and, the, and therefore we're responsible uh, and accountable for creating great stays. And if we don't, the guests can say, I'm not, I'm not paying for it or I'm going to give you a dollar for that stay. I love that. And I, and I think that's great. That's both something we can do as consumers in our own life. And it's an idea that businesses can implement as well in terms of proactively looking for opportunities to correct problems, to prevent yeah. them, of course, but then to correct them as well. That's that's fantastic. So before we let you go, why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you and what's coming up that's exciting for you? Great. Um, you can find us at Soul Community Planet on social media, um, on Instagram. Um, you can find us at scphotels.com. So thank you very much. Um, follow us. Um, we have lots of great new um, content and programming coming out at each property. So stay tuned um, on those channels. Um, we are in a growth phase, as Ken noted, um, and we have a beautiful retreat opportunity in our Costa Rica property. So um, more to come there, um, but you can find those all online. But if you're on the Oregon coast or Colorado or Northern California, please come stay with us. Yeah, you won't regret it. They're beautiful. Well, I cannot thank you both enough for joining me as my very first guest. And thank you to all the listeners who joined us as well. Uh, you can find us again next Monday and all the Mondays after that. So bookmark the show at voiceamerica.com and on all the big streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and then you'll be reminded when new episodes available. So we'll be back streaming live on the Voice America Network business channel next Monday. In the meantime, visit theintegratedlife.com for links to resources mentioned in today's show. This is Socially Responsible Business. I'm your host, Sharon Schneider. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Socially Responsible Business with Sharon Schneider. We hope we've given you some ideas of how your business can succeed while being a force for good. Until we talk again, visit www.theintegratedlife.com for resources to take a small but meaningful step today.